Welcome to Lamestream Sports here on the 440 Sports Network, sort of live from SEC Media Days at the Grand Hyatt Hotel in downtown Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Half live, half live from SEC Media Days. Uh, I'm uh, I'm perched up out in uh, South Nashville. Uh, my name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Cavendish. Rate, review, subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. Tell somebody that you know that you love lamestream sports. They should too. You're too busy dealing with the uh, politics right now to, oh my God. to come down to come down to the, SEC media. The fucking days. fire hose here the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, it has been. So check out NashvilleBanner.com, of course, and Pod Bless Nashville. Check out both of those products uh, for your needs as the election is right around the corner. Uh, however, uh, today on the show, Scott Ramsey. You guys know him. You love him. You've heard him talk on this show many, many times. But I had about 30 minutes with him at the event because, of course, hosting SEC Media Day is the first time ever in the city, uh, but also the future of the Music City Bowl. A lot of stuff about the Titan Stadium, a lot of stuff about what events they're trying to attract here, the process with which how long it takes to go bid on a an event. So a lot of interesting stuff, college football playoff related. So a lot of SEC and college football playoff related. Before we do that, before you hear from Scott, Lamestream Sports is brought to you by Jaspers. Always brought to you by the good folks at Jaspers, who I have to say have brought me an incredible amount of luck here recently. Really? Do tell. Keep listening, folks. We'll tell you here in a few minutes. <laughs> Tune in later for all the luck Steve has had in his life. <laughs> Doesn't care about your life. Go to Jasper's, everybody. <laughs> Go to Jasper's. Okay, we'll talk about, um, we will talk about all the things that Scott Ramsey talked about, and I'm going to bitch about all the talk about I heard at SEC Media Days. We'll do all of that coming up a little bit later on. Go to Jasper's. Of course, here was my conversation with the Nashville Sports Council's president, Scott Ramsey. Scott, welcome to the show. Good to see you, sir. How are you, man? Great. So we are sitting here uh, in a booth at SEC Media Days. Uh, first time it's ever been here. Can you try to? We, we always I always talk to you about the, the the quantifying the value of events and what does it mean for our city. And certainly, there's been um, lots of other things happening. Uh, lots of lots of analogies from coaches about rebuilding uh, and the commissioner that have tied into the event. But I, personally, nobody cares about this. Uh, that's listening, but as a media member, I think it's been an extraordinary event, honestly. Um, but for the city itself, is there a way to quantify what SEC Media Days means for the city financially, exposure-wise, relative to the dozens of events and things that you guys bring to the town? Well, I, I think it's uh, similar, Braden, to what we've talked about in, in previous years about just kind of continuing to build on opportunities to showcase our city. I, I know it's, you know, we, we can throw some number out there and try to put a dollar figure on what 1,100 media here for five days and, you know, 50 hours of broadcast exposure on ESPN and networks and all that kind of kind of has. But I think more importantly, it's just another, another chance to showcase the city in front of um, a lot of your peers and colleagues that uh, that hopefully talk great about it and kind of have some positive positive feedback on Music City and uh, you know it, it again it continues to build on the reputation of us as a sports destination city and for the 30 years I've lived here that's kind of been something that we've we've not ever taken for granted and opportunities like this continue to kind of build on it it's not always the big events not right. always the NFL draft or the the whatever that that does it because if you don't do events like this that kind of build to it you, you usually don't have that opportunity down the road well and you, you mentioned the size of it, it this is not an event that is selling 70,000 tickets mm -hmm. or the, the number of hotel rooms that the city wants or any of the other things. So 
I, I'm not asking you to open up the, 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 you know, the ledger here and explain yeah. this to me, but it feels like this is more of a reputational play, a brand play. It's less about like true dollars and cents of it all. You're getting a lot of commitment from the, you know, you got the Grand Hyatt, of course, obviously bought into it. Is it is it more about that than let's say the race coming up where you're going to have so many people coming into town and all kinds of corporate sponsors? Like, is it is it more about I, goodwill and, and brand yeah, equity? I, I guess we've never really thought about other than if we thought it was an event that would be positive for the city as one that we could pursue. Whether it was this event with 1,100 media here for a week, or it was uh, 100,000 people attending the the the, the IndyCar event in in a few weeks, so you know I, I just feel like you know the, re, the the relationship we've developed with the Southeastern Conference I feel like has been as unique as any city conference in the country. We have the SC basketball tournament here locked in through 35. We've had the women's tournament forever. We've had gymnastics championship. We've been with the bowl for 25 years. Um, we just had a great relationship, and this was an event that uh, with with the media that cover the SEC a chance to showcase. Hopefully one of the cities that the conference feels like is an anchor city. Um, and with their expansion with Texas, Oklahoma coming and with all the opportunities with the new stadium and with what we've got with basketball here, uh, we just felt like it was an opportunity. We originally had this set for 2021. The, and obviously a lot of things have changed in the world since then. And it got pushed, construction got pushed, and, yeah, we had to deal with it. But just really proud of Mark Sternigal and, and the staff here at the Grand High. I just feel like it's been a great event. Tonight we're going to try to have a little fan engagement and, and, and uh, Nashville style with the stage downtown and uh, the stage bar. And Brad Sanderson's hosting all the media for a couple free beers. And Tootsie's putting some people on the rooftop. And, you know, it's just going to be something that we hope we add some elements to it that, uh, really showcases our city. So I've always thought it's interesting that that's going mm -hmm. on. And again, what, depending on when you're listening to this, but I, I always thought that 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 the SEC in general was missing an opportunity to showcase the athletes, in particular to kids, to fans, and to make it like a fan fest. Like when you go to a Super Bowl or you go to the Music City Bowl, for example, mm -hmm. does a great job yep. of like creating tons of spaces for people to gather. Obviously, there's a lot more yep. fans, but right. so many people want to come to this city. Mm -hmm. It, did you guys pitch them? Did you pitch the SEC on, hey, can we build a fan fest so that players can sign autographs for kids or, you know, the bands? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm just throwing up, you know, you know what yeah, on the we, wall we, here. Yeah, we, we did a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think um, I think some of it got kind of tweaked and tabled, to be honest, um, post-COVID uh, a little bit. Um, we weren't able to pull some of the things off. Like, uh, I, I give you one of the visions we had, you know, five years ago or so when we had the event was when this gets all done here at National Yards, there's going to be a one-acre park right here outside the hotel, a 4,000-seat facility. And so we were thinking of concerts there, a tailgate village oh, in the great. park. Yeah. Um, and to your point, more of the fan engagement. You know, could we kind of take after the coaches do their thing with the players, kind of kind of roll them through and maybe more, maybe radio rows out there. And we couldn't do it outside in July with <laughs> thunderstorms. I know that. But we were going to try to create some sort of tailgating kind right. of village yeah. kind of concept that is, is obviously prominent in the SEC. And we just weren't able to pull it off for various reasons. Obviously, construction delays delays and delays on things um, in scheduling. But, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the future if it comes back. Uh, I think this is an event we'd love to see rotate. I think the SEC is going to rotate. They're not going to anchor it in like they do their, their championships, um, which is fine um, and uh, gives us a chance to kind of look at it long term. 
Well, it's funny because like Atlanta's got that whole o- Olympic Park right there mm-hmm. outside of the College Football Hall of Fame that would be great for something like that. Hoover clearly cannot do that. Ar- it'll be in Arlington, of course, in Dallas for Oklahoma and Texas next season. They they've got some space, but like it it, it seems like the SEC is missing an opportunity to like drive the the stars of the show. I know the coaches make all the headlines, but like the players are really the best part of this event. And and to to create a, a le- like leverage or an incentive for fans to travel. To me, it doesn't make much sense in Arlington or Atlanta or Hoover. But if I'm a family who's a diehard Auburn fan or a diehard Kentucky fan, I, I don't need another reason to come. I, there's no yeah. – you, you come to Nashville, no problem. Yeah, it's certainly on the table. Uh, didn't happen this year, but uh, that's certainly uh, how we'd like to do things. You've seen us all of our events from the NHL All-Star to Women's Final Four to the draft to the bowl to the basketball tournaments. We like to, we, we like to have that fan element to it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of tonight dipping our toe in the water. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it's a big investment. Uh, thanks to the CVC for underwriting the stage and everything tonight. We got Midland playing free. So we'll have some transient people. Maybe we can expose the SEC brand too. Uh, but really it's more important about just kind of doing things national style. And as we look down the road in future events, uh, this is one we can kind of build on. Well, you know better than anybody. Nobody likes free music and free beer better than media people. There's no question about that. Um, I, I do want to talk. Greg Sankey on Monday was very clear about their negotiations with Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta to keep the championship there. I've been asked multiple times about this, and I've, I've always thought, no chance they're leaving Atlanta for the SEC championship. But he did say, uh, I believe the quote was something about the art of possibility. And I've always believed, and you and I have talked many times about the Music City Bowl being elevated to a place mm-hmm with the new Titan Stadium of, of attracting a college football playoff game. Now there's far more of them to go around, championships, and we can get to Super Bowls and Final Fours. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about something more routine. Is it, like, are, are we, should fans be excited or are we working towards some sort of kickoff classic style? We already have Tennessee and Virginia playing. They've done that a couple of times now. You're going to have this big, beautiful building you know, it's not going to go use that weekend. Is that something that, that we should expect to see with the SEC trying to, I don't know, Big Ten SEC yeah. challenge every week, to every year to kick off? Like, what, what can fans be looking for? You know, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I, I, I wish I had the, the easy answer of we're going to do it all. We'd like to do it all. <laughs> I, I, I think as we, and we talked before we started, a, a little bit about, I, I think right now is there, there's a big inflection point on a lot of the the college football from from our seat as a city host city, from the athletic director seats and from the conference office seats. There's varying viewpoints on everything that you just asked. I I, I think on on one hand you talk to a lot of ads that the January or the the early season neutral site is wanting to be more on campus and home and away. We're investing in facilities on campus. I'm investing in suites. I'm rising my ticket prices. And uh, Big Ten, for example, I'm playing nine conference games. I don't really want to go on a road again. I'd rather those games be on campus than than on a neutral site. So you've got that viewpoint that's getting fairly prominent. You've got a huge financial um, obligation to book a major headlining game in that in that regard and when it's in the regular season from our seat we have very few revenue streams there we aren't able to sell sponsorships we don't have television rights to help pay for it so it's really all based on gate or generous giving um you know obviously atlanta's got a great setup with with aflac now and and had chick-fil-a a long time at&t in dallas yep so they had some vested interest in figuring out ways to kind of fund 
four and five million dollar guarantees of these teams and and so it's a big financial question from the cities it's a strategic question from the ad seat now as i look forward do i want to bring those games on campus and put them in my season ticket package and some some are really leaning that way some are staying kind of on the neutral site so I, I think from our side, I think we just got to navigate that and see where we can kind of fit in. Certainly the stadium's going to give us opportunity to get in that game now much more than we have with, with Nissan um, you know, with open air because it kind of allows us maybe do something mid-fall. Uh, it allows us to do something late in the year if, 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 that, if that would so happen. Uh, unlikely, but it, it opens sure. up possibilities. And, and I assume there's – zero percent chance that the sec championship game ever leaves atlanta it seems like that's oh, I, I, that's where you know I, I never say zero you know i i never thought we could lock in the sec men's basketball tournament for 15 years either and we did i, I felt like we were the best site for it uh but you never know i mean um you know i think you look down the road i certainly think in the near future uh you know and and, and greg said that at the podium and he's told us that directly that he just feels like that's the right place for the championship game right now. It's like we're the right place for basketball and Hoover's the right place for baseball. So, yep, you know, true. I think I think he feels comfortable right now in that environment, but we're going to we're not going to kind of rest on our laurels on that either. Yeah, we're very close to Lexington, Kentucky is what I'm <laughs> hearing there uh, from Greg Sankey. No, and it, I agree. I mean, I think yeah. it, the baseball tournament means so much to Hoover. I know we wanted it and we we tried to get it, but it means so much to Hoover that uh, I agree that it that it fits there. What's so what what are the creative things that people could be thinking about that could be coming and, and we'll stick with the mm-hmm. sec are, are there other options other things that that where you guys get to be super creative and like a, a media event where it's not necessarily yeah. top of mind for fans but you can bring some more stuff to town that is sec related well i, I think i think um as we look forward i think one of the things that uh you know we're really going to work hard on i think we've done a really good job in our city is a real collaborative, strategic kind of plan as we look forward. Um, obviously, our city is hugely popular now, and being able to plan long-term events is more critical than ever because you need all the space requirements, whether it's hotel room numbers for major events and convention center space to link up with facility space. But we're going to attend the NSA Bid Seminar uh, Symposium in late August. They're looking at championship sites from 26 to 30 for every sport that's not football, baseball, or basketball. Um, you know, it's opportunities like, um, you know, uh, the College Cup, a Geodis um, opportunities. It's things like uh, with, with volleyball starting at, at Vanderbilt and the SEC starting a volleyball championship. We'd like to hub as many things as we possibly could uh, with the SEC and the NCAA. We feel like we're a great fit, and we've had some great successes there. So that will hopefully complement, you know, when you look at the schedule, you know, it's great to have. we got SC basketball in March. We've got the, the Rock and Roll Marathon in late April, which we're back over 25,000 runners this year. Uh, certainly we hope long-term the IndyCar can kind of maintain something around the construction site. Um, and then the bowl game, we're going to continue it. Uh, what's that look like, postseason football? You, you probably can – can frame that up as well as anybody but uh you know we're, we're certainly uncertain right now but we got three years remaining in our big 10 sec deal and uh we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out ways strategically position that game as best we can so those are four major events in in addition to nhl regular season uh 
uh, NFL regular season, uh, MLS regular season, uh, CMA Fest, and, you know, all the things we've got going on in the city. So uh, pretty exciting place to be right now. WrestleMania, of course. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of stuff sure. to do. Um, you, you said 2036. Is that, did, I, did I hear that correctly? About no, the, the basketball's uh, locked in through 35. The, cha- the championship symposium you're talking about. You said you're, they are looking, the NCAA is looking at, 2026, 2026 sorry, to okay. 2030, that, 2030, that five-year window. So th- what I'm getting at is how far out do do those conversations go for host cities for, and I'll we'll stick with football just yeah. because it's the right. one people sure. care about. Final Four, if you want to lump them in, I'm, sure. I'm cool with that. But how far out do you, because we, you know, we all tracked the World Cup pitch and mm-hmm. we tracked how long that took and sure. the process, but how far out are you, like is the NCAA trying to lock in 20, I guess it's not past 2030 is what you're saying. Right now they're just to th- 2030, but 2035 is is not what they're th- thinking yeah, about right I, now. Yeah, I, I, I think the the thing to kind of point out is when when you start talking about events of that of that scope, the the resources you need in the city are, are so significant. You need you need a five to seven year runway. Um, for example, you know, just kind of giving you some details behind that just general comment. Let, let's take the, the national championship game, CFP national championship game. So right now it's in Houston, then it goes to Atlanta, then it goes to Miami. That completes these next three years. So the, the thing on our plate right now is thinking about the, it'd be the 27, but it would be basically the 26 regular season championship game will be year one of the new media agreement. Okay, and and a potentially a potential entering into a new stadium right in 2027. Okay, well you got to think rationally, and I, I'm not saying this because I, I know anything, but just rationally, nobody's ever said this. But if you go Atlanta, Miami, you most likely are going to go west. Yep. To balance out, yep. in collegiate sports have always balanced out ge- geography. And, so and, let's make that assumption. And new buildings tend to get it within the first couple uh, years. West, and so that leaves you the opportunity of maybe a four or five year window in there. Okay. So with that, you're going to need. I, I, I'm going to paraphrase here, so don't hold my numbers here to anything specific. But you're going to need ten to fifteen thousand hotel rooms to hold. You're going to need a convention center for two weeks for for open up before you load it in and load it out and do all that. You're going to need a facility, and knowing that's around the NFL playoffs, to be able to commit, hey, can, if we play on Saturday and you play an NFL playoff game on Sunday, can you turn it, signage and facility and clean it and safety and hospitality and all those things kind of around. And you're going to probably need to raise $20 million, you know, incrementally to pay for everything in the city that you have to pay for. So you need that four- or five-year run. So lay that parallel to a Super Bowl, which is probably two or three X of that. Yep. Lay that to a Final Four, which is pretty comparable to that. And if you start stacking those in a, in a one, two, three, four, five-year run, you're going to have to make sure your city resources and infrastructure can kind of can kind of do that. Yeah. And, and I think in talking to peer cities that have had that run, that's the thing they say. Hey, make sure you're, you're very aligned from your your corporate, your political, your facility, your 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 civic, uh, your volunteer side, and and make sure we're doing it smartly because these other events are still going to happen as well. We're still going to have this right, basketball right. and marathon, you know, and all these kind of things. So, you know, I think that's a very enviable position we're in. At the same time, you you, you really want to think strategically and make sure we don't fail at one of these events. What's and, and I can get your thoughts, and you and I were talking about this, and you can feel free to, to say what you need to say here. But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about 
one of the things I hear the most from fans is, is about the structure of the playoff, and there's still sure. so much up for grabs and because it's only a two-year trial, even with the committee process and scheduling, and the SEC's changing its scheduling process potentially, and the divisions are going away, and expansion, and everybody knows all, all the stuff that's happening. But uh, the timing of it's been a big big problem for, for the structure of the system to try to figure that out. The locations never really felt like they were a problem. Can you walk us through sort of some of the pros and cons, the <laughs> pluses and minuses, the challenges? Because I personally, and I'm just saying this personally, yeah. not, not that I don't understand the business side of it, I do, but personally, college football is great on Saturdays in college football stadiums. That is what makes the game special. Um, and I would love to see as many rounds as possible. But it's not as simple as that. So take us through sort of some of the variables that people need to know well, when, when, when we talk about right. hosting playoff games at neutral sites. Right. So I, I think as you look forward, one of the things we're trying to kind of evaluate internally uh, with, with the bowl organization, our board, is what are, what are the opportunities for Nashville in the system going forward? They may be no more than they are now, continuing the bowl game as we are. It's been a great success. It brings in 16 to 20 million. And at the time of year, we've got nothing except we do have the, the New Year's Eve concert now. But before, it was, it was really filling a great gap for us. Uh, and it's still a great opportunity. We're averaging, you know, 5 million viewers, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to showcase city. Um, so not, not taking away from that, but besides that, what's our opportunities going forward? Can we bid on the championship game in the new stadium? Absolutely. We're going to have to line up. We just talked about how, right. how right. and when you do that. Without that, and then the question is, will beginning in, in the 26 and beyond regular season in the next contract cycle, how will – how will the CFP make some decisions on where those games are played? So taking your comments of on campus, you think through the infrastructure and the operational piece, which, which is what I think of from that side is more, more than, you know, it's hard sometimes not to think. You, you want to know what the fan's thinking, but you think about i got to execute the event to meet the fan's expectations. You're going to have to have to really kind of think through, hey, let's call it December 5th, we know the teams. We know who's hosting and who's not. December 18th, you're playing that first-round game on a campus somewhere in a, in, in a very meaningful win-or-go-home kind, oh, kind yeah. of set. So that campus is going to have to turnkey something very quickly and have to have some baseline standards. Yeah, it, it generally you think, well, we host home games all the time. Yes, you do. However, but not now like you've this. got an enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. We got to lay the business enterprise a little differently now because you've got you've got a major corporate component, a commercial component that's going to fund those rights, it's going to fund to those schools. So, hey, if sponsor X is paying hundreds of millions of dollars, I need sponsor X to have some something. Right, right. Well, that facility may not have any suites or tickets to give sponsor X. So, how are you going to package all that, not knowing that site? Now, can you get through that? Certainly, but behind the scenes, that takes going to take a lot of execution, and it's going to take a little bit of two or three years to learn that in. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the quarters and semis then, as well, it's currently set up. Sorry, quickly, w would you guess off the top of your head that a handful of stadiums in college football would be, would be capable of doing that? Is it, oh, is it I, the I biggest? Think, I, I, think it's, I, I think the majority of them can do it. I, I just think it's going, to be, it's going to be a very stressful window of time for coaches and administration yeah. on the away teams going in. Where's my hotel? Where's my practice site? What's my locker room look like? Yeah. Where am I going to feed my players? How are we going to get there? How many days? So if you're Miami and you got to go to Boise in 14 days, 
you got to figure that out. Yeah. Okay, Boise's always got a, a away hotel. I get it. But they they may not because they won't know they're hosting until December fifth. It's the it's all the infrastructure around the Miami it, yeah, football it, it's team. Yeah, it's a it's a twelve day turnover of a massive event that yeah. you've got a turnkey, and in 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 facilities that are very different, in cities that are very different. Can it be done? Certainly, and but I I think it's going to take a little time. So, so the first two years are going to give us a real litmus test of did that was that successful. Was that a fair environment, quote unquote? Yeah, right. Um, because it's still going to be a ranking. I mean, eight nine is going to be tough to decide. One's going to host, and one's going to go on the road, right? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, you get through that. And then the question is, to your point, do you, do you go quarterfinals again on campus? Well, those campus are a little easier. They've got a month to plan now because those are the top four seeds they're going to host. If you don't, if you go to campus, okay, right, right, right yeah. Or you go to the quarterfinals in the current bowl site, which you have now in the New Year's sure, Six, sure. which will be New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, that, that the traditional window. That's where you're going to really activate your corporate elements. That's really going to really going to be where you can activate. You know, you're, you're going to be able to, to, if you go to the bowl sites, you're going to be able to pre-plan all of those elements. And, and not in a home site where if you go to an Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, you're telling me I got to give up my suite because <laughs> Dr. Pepper or Coke, even or though I've paid a or somebody for my season tickets. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa! Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a home game. So yeah. you're going to have to work through that element of it, which makes it a lot easier to plan and be very consistent in your planning if you're going to go to a neutral site during that time. Is is the are the NFL playoff games? Is is the sponsor dollars that you're talking about with some of those corporate sponsors? Is that just baked into the the singular overall NFL? deal and they just automatically know that they're getting x amount of i mean is that the difference between again i'm just i'm gonna like mississippi state uh, yeah, versus that, nissan stadium that's my understanding because you know right now if if, if ford's an nfl sponsor playing nissan stadium it's not a conflict on, on the on the college side you're right. selling it as a one one-off entity right and the you're not you're not managing it as one league you're managing the SEC and the Big right, Ten and the right. Big Twelve and the ACC it, all differently, so you've got you're going to have a, you're going to have some conflict, and you can work through it. If you go to on campus again, you've got the same things kind of rolled in, and then you've got it. So, yeah, I I, I think fan travel is 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 a concern. You know, I, I mean, yep. I don't think any of us. I mean, we're concerned about it for the bowl right now because you you feel like now after that, you know, it's just tough to kind of. It's 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 very up and down, and um, you know it's a little little dis, disconcerting. But you know I, I think the the game dates in there uh, allow for the quarters to be yeah. be pretty successful. The travel for the semis again, when you look at a, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a week later, presents some challenges because you got to yeah, stay off yeah. the the NFL weekend. So there's just a lot into it uh, from every angle: the fan angle, the business angle. The host city angle, the school angle, yep. and somebody's got to get in there probably in the next year or so and really try to make some decisions on that. What I'm hearing also inadvertently, this is not what you're doing, but like I'm hearing another another reason for a 40, 50 team breakaway with a singular governing body. As I listen to every coach this week talk about NIL and gambling and all these state and different rules, and that's just another another one to put into the bucket of like. This makes sense if it's all governed over here by, by one thing. But we, we, we can move on. You've you've uh, well, I, I mean, to, to me that point from my seat, I, I, it's not really kind of 
I'm not real adverse on that, but I, I would then I would then put it into how we've been on and hosting NCAA basketball events, where it, it's a very cookie cutter right. kind of. Hey, if 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 Bridgestone Arena is hosting first and second round men's tournament, here's what you do: it's turkey sandwiches for the media, and it's <laughs> it's X number of seats at media right. row, and it's that, you right. know that kind of thing. So you're right. I mean, the, then the college football playoff could have a much more standardized kind of operations package. But again, you're you've it's got hard a to much, do with the stadiums being as again, different. Again, you're they playing are. in yeah. Boise, or you're going right. to play in in Athens. I mean, that's two very yeah, yeah, different yeah. stadium models, right? Um, all right. Well, I, <laughs> I could keep going uh, on this kind of stuff forever. I'm curious, real quickly, on the you guys have turned that stadium, Nissan, the current Nissan Stadium. You guys have turned that around a number of times for a number of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said, like, how how many people and how like are, is it like around the clock, tens of thousands of how many people does it take to flip it in one day from oh. a from a Music City Bowl to a Titans game, like what's the? Do you have any concept of? <laughs> I, I, I don't have a concept of people, but I, I'll tell you this year was probably I would say in the 25 year history of the bowl and my 28 years of being here, probably the most stressful year we've ever had operationally. So if you if you rewind a little bit, Cowboys Titans Thursday night. Oh, that's right. The 30th on Friday is when we like to play the bowl because that's our city strategy of, of if you want to stay great, if not, you leave and the hotels can refill for the 31st. So right. it makes strategic for the New Year's Eve. So we, no way we could turn in a day and roll the dice. Now, we had commitments to TransPerfect and all of our sponsors to signage and, and on the field and make it look collegiate uh, rather than professional. So we played Saturday morning. Had we had a washout on Thursday night and Friday, uh, we we didn't sleep much um, <laughs> on the weather forecast. That is wild, and, man. And plus, put the tent up, hospitality, we right, pre-sold right. fans, cleaning it. Uh, we so, got it done. Uh, no, it and, looked great. Uh, I just and it was as good as it could be for a thirty-six hour turnaround uh, from the time that the Cowboys game ended to Kentucky Iowa kicking off at eleven a.m. And I'm assuming that like, that's pretty standard for any building in America, right? It's like yeah. it's just you gotta. 24 hours just isn't very doable unless oh. you've got a field, I guess, that's not maybe not grass, I guess, maybe is another factor. Yeah, there, I it's, suppose. it's tough. You know, I, I, we go to turf now. That'll help a lot, you know, and, and certainly we've caught a lot of criticism for the you know way the field looks, although I think the playability has been okay over the years. But, hey, we're, it's late December. It's, it's, it's grass in it Nashville. Is what it is, yeah. You know, it is what it is, and it's tough to paint, and it's tough to look. And, and now I think we've got a much better chance to make it look, look better, and then the new stadium is just going to give us great opportunity. Uh, got the race coming up here soon, so we I'd do. be remiss if I did not ask about that. I've gone uh, both years, and my, my uh, four-year-old had an absolute ridiculous, like, bonkers time last year. She just was in love with it. No headphones, the whole thing. I don't recommend that for those of you <laughs> listening with children. But um, it doesn't seem like there's many changes too much this year. I know you guys made some slight tweaks in the second yeah. year, but um, that you guys still have time for people to, to sign up to volunteer. And yeah. We, ticket sales, give, give us the whole spiel. Yeah, Music City Grand Prix. It's the third year. Obviously, uh, you know, it's unique. It's the only race that goes over water, <laughs> over the bridge. Um, and uh, NBC ratings been great. Everybody's been really pleased with it. Third year, uh, the ownership group and uh, Jason Rittenberry and everybody's doing a great job operationally. And sports council wise, we help them with volunteers and some operations. So we need volunteers. So if you're a race fan or just a general fan, want to be down around an unbelievable event. To your point, it's unique. It's great. You'll never see anything like it. Uh, jump on the website nationalsports.com. We we need some people still and. Uh, we'd love to have you volunteer and come down and be a part of the uh, the IndyCar race. Are, are you? Are, am I allowed to 
to, uh, I'm going to ask another question about. <laughs> Are you allowed? Come am on. I allowed, am I allowed to ask? Is the only the only thing that because I you have I, rules. I truly love it. <laughs> I, I truly love it. I've been again. I've been both years. Mm-hmm. Paid for tickets. I don't go for media. I'm not there. Uh, I, I want to go as a fan because I love it. My kids love it. Uh, my friends love it. We go. The only the only question <laughs> is trying to keep track of the big picture strategy of the race while you're there. Yeah. That's the only thing that I that it's just like. I don't need yeah. that because I don't. I just want to watch rocket ships go yeah. by at 200 miles an hour. So yeah, that's, good, good that's the only thing. That's good the only question. Thing. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll bring that up in the next ops <laughs> meeting. Braden said. Yeah, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I gave him all this time talking about college football, and now he's criticizing my race. No, the, no, race, I, hey, the race is amazing. It really I, is. I, you know, I, I, I really hope that during the construction of the stadium, we, we can figure out kind of a, you know, an interim kind of course to kind of keep it. I. I uh, I don't know where that stands. Uh, that's something the IndyCar is kind of working on with the ownership group of the Grand Prix, and and uh, we'll, we'll see kind of I see some news coming out probably after this year's race. But hey, this year's race in a couple of weeks uh, in late uh, in early August, it, it's a blast. Fourth through the sixth, correct? Fourth through the sixth. So come on out, and uh, it's great. We we've gone to practice too to watch yep. the G, the the, um, the GT cars. Like it's it's a, it's truly a great event. Um, last one here. How much is the Sports Authority and and your organizations how much are you guys involved in what is going to be a massive redevelopment of the east bank not just the titan stadium but how much your sports yeah. have a seat at that table i mean i know the state's involved and the city's involved it's far more complicated but just well I, you know burke nihill is a, a better question for that but I, right. I think the mayoral uh, election coming up is going to be going to be important but as i understand it and, and certainly this is m- my personal paraphrasing here um, obviously, the Titans and the stadium on that construction are going to take lead, and then the city's going to gain the the development piece. They're going to hire a master developer, um, I think, here fairly soon uh, this summer. That's going to be the key organization to kind of sync stuff up, because if you want to peel the onion back even more, as we think about Super Bowls and Final Fours and championship games and WrestleManias, part of it's going to be what's it look like around the stadium. You, if you and I are making a decision on the college football playoff, we're not going to come. It's going to be a mud hole around the stadium. Right, hey, right. fix that up, and then right. we'll come, right? So I think I think the syncing up of the stadium development in at least the first couple phases uh, is going to be very important for who that master developer on behalf of the city and metro is. And I think that uh, decision's coming here pretty soon, and that will be a key organization in the play. As a reminder, early voting is open now. <laughs> uh, Scott, thank you so much, man. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thanks, Braden. Good talking to you. That was Scott Ramsey, of course, president of the Nashville Sports Council and responsible for all of the great events that are coming to town, including the race, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, the Grand Prix. Uh, I, I did, I did, I felt bad because I was like, "Go ahead and let's promote the race." And then I said, "Can you can you give me better information about what's happening in the race while I'm there?" <laughs> and he said, "Yes, that's that's something we're going to try to do uh, with the new track coming around." Uh, the new Titan Stadium. So they're, they're aware. They're aware of the complaints that people have. But no, special thanks to Scott for joining us. We'll talk about uh, all the things he discussed in just a second. Uh, however, before we do, give me, give, tell me all this luck that you're having. And Lamestream Sports. Jaspers is bringing you all this luck. Is a podcast brought to you by Jaspers. I'm, I'm just doing the work here that you're Go obviously. Keep doing. You're, Keep you're, going. Listen, you've been at you've been at camp talk about all week, and you're obviously <laughs> all running on fumes. And look, I get it. That's fine. I I, I get it. One, one one of us one of us has to do the hard work around here, and that's okay. 
I'm I'm okay being that guy. Just ask the question like it's a real fucking question. Anyway, um, yes, go to Jasper's, please. Uh, go to, what, go why, to Jasper's. why are they Why are they creating good luck for you? What does that mean? I I, I will say this. So uh, Jasper's, a completely underrated place to have a business lunch. Completely underrated. Um, it's just a, it's just a. I mean, it, it, we we talk about this all the time. It's a great atmosphere. We've told you, you know, go go have go have your business lunch there. Go have, you know, uh, drinks with folks. Go you know play in the game room go take advantage of the specials you know we we've told it all to you um had a series of business lunches there over the last uh over the last couple of weeks and they've all gone really really well and i think i think it's because uh the power bowl the power bowl on the menu <laughs> there at jasper's that's it, it, it and that that's it just just that one thing uh, uh you know uh, the 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 meetings the meetings have been great really really productive kinds of things everybody has enjoyed the atmosphere everybody's enjoyed the food several people have gotten power bowls and loved them and i think right. uh you know i i think it, i think they just put everybody in a good mood look power bowl is delicious jasper's has a delicious power bowl i've had multiple very successful business meetings there as well so if you're ha- trying to have a good business meeting Take them to Jasper. It's very light and airy. The parking is free. It's very easy to get to from any part of town. There's lots of reasons to have a good business meeting there. Uh, I mean, basic, that's the basically thing is, go to Jasper's. You'll close the deal. <laughs> we have had we had people coming from all different parts of town for on 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 multiple occasions. It's just so central. It's just it it's just a great place. Great food. Easy, uh, easy, and 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 uh, just uh, yep. fabulous atmosphere. It is the next evolution of the sports bar. All right, Scott Ramsey uh, here, obviously kind of just like floating around, shaking hands and kissing babies because, of, go- of course, his goal is to bring the event here. 1,100 media members. It's not really a, a a fan event, although, as you heard when I asked him, <laughs> did you guys pitch the SEC? Well, it depends on, on, depends on, 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 on a, a large portion of this media. <laughs> well, okay, so, okay, before we get to, before we get to Scott Ramsey, let's, let me complain about, one, the, like, the, the talk about thing is just drive me absolutely batshit crazy. Like Shane Beamer got it the worst of, a, of any t- coach. T- talk about talking about. Oh, God. It, like at one point, Shane Beamer was talking on Thursday, and I'm pretty sure it was five or six straight people stood up and talk about your defensive line. Talk about your schedule. Talk about the development of your quarterback. Talk about this. Talk about that. Talk. <laughs> ask the fucking question. Is there? Is there, excuse Just me, sir. Is there question. a question in there? Just ask the question. Ask the question. Like, I I don't know. I asked like questions of like dozens of players this week. It's not hard to just be like, how did that make you feel, or why is this how it works, or what makes this so special? Like, you don't have to say like, talk about Josh's leadership. Like, you don't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> what makes Josh Heupel's communication style so successful? It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Shane Beamer got it the worst, though. He got it so bad. Like, it was just, maybe that's an indictment of the South Carolina media corps. I don't know. I don't want him to take shots here. But it, it was it was bad all week, but it was especially bad on Friday. Maybe even the media was tired. But Shane Beamer took the big, the media took the big L in the uh, in the conversation with Shane Beamer. So I'll just leave it, right, I'll just so, leave it at that. So right. so let's so best interview this week. Like who 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 was who was the best interview this week? It was very calm, but I think JC Latham, the the starting tackle for Alabama, who was very pissed off that Georgia's the pick, very pissed off that they didn't win the national championship or win the SEC last year, and made it very clear. It was like one of the best quotes. Um so lots of great interviews. I can't even begin to tell you who who was the best, but 
Um, and actually, there's a guy sitting right next to me here. Omari Thomas for Tennessee was great. He gave me a great answer uh, on a question that didn't have talk about in the question. Uh, really, really <laughs> g- gave me a great answer on why Josh Heupel has been successful in terms of building a family atmosphere and being very open and communicative. And um, But I thought J.C. Latham was the most interesting because he was like, no, we're going to win the national championship. We're going to go undefeated. We're going to win the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line, and I'm going to win the outlet. And I was like, okay, all right. There you, you go. You've, you've practiced that. <laughs> you, <laughs> if you know the worst, Joe Moore Award and the Outland, you know what you're talking about. Worst SEC coach on the stage. Okay, so worst at what? <laughs> I mean, Clark, Clark Lee, unfortunately, is just a fullback. But I think that's, <laughs> but I think that's what makes him like, that's what makes his teams pretty interesting, though. Like his defense plays really hard. He's a very smart, like interesting thinker. Um, he's he's big into like psychology of leadership and all these other really complicated things. But like, and, and I've talked to him about all the books he's read before. Like, his, he has a stack of books in his in his office that he gives to players and knows like what they need in that moment. So he's a really interesting, smart, thoughtful dude. Obviously, you know, you don't go to Vanderbilt or, do, but do you but think? He's, but he's think, just he's just a robot on stage. It's not it's not his do, forte. Do you think Clark Lee has read the Coach K book that's in the Bear? Is I don't know. Is it the Art of Public Speaking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, I, Lane Kiffin is actually partic- not normally very good. On Thursday, he was very good. Um, he was kind of light and airy and making fun of NIL and boosters and collectives and all kinds of stuff. And he's 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 becoming a little bit more self-deprecating, which I think is good for Lane Kiffin because there's a lot to to give him a hard time about. Um, but otherwise, the, the guys that are just the guys are the best. Josh Heupel is just a guy. Shane Beamer is just a guy. Mark Stoops is just a guy. Um, they're they're kind of, you know, the bigger ones, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Brian Kelly are more robotic and coach speak. But uh, who is Pittman's great. Just a guy. So. Who is the who is the player? Uh, who's the player that you saw that you thought? Uh, this guy's gonna be. This guy's either gonna either do media or he's gonna like someday he's gonna like like if he's really successful in in the NFL he's gonna you know have commercials or something like, like just like the 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 telegenic person. This isn't a good answer because he's not. I don't think he's good enough to be in the NFL. But like hypothetically, if he wanted to do like he, if he wanted to be on television Baton Rouge for the rest of his career, Josh Williams running back LSU. Great fashion style, nice jacket, incredibly thoughtful, very smart answers, look directly at the camera, very articulate, uh, running back for LSU, senior. I don't know if he's good enough to play in the league, but really, really great answers and thoughtful and could, like, recall things and was just, like, really, really – he was great. He was really, really good. Josh Williams was really good. Eli Cox at, at Kentucky was great. That dude um, talked a lot about Will Levis, actually. He got asked a lot of questions about Will Levis. Because, I'm sure he did. Well, we're we're a Nashville media core, you know, we're here. Um, the whole crew, the whole crew was here. So we were asking him about Will Levis, but, um, there's so many other ones, but I would say Josh Williams at, at LSU is a guy that stood out to me in that category. Talking to, talking to other attendees, uh, what is, what do you think their impression of having media days up here as opposed to being, you know, in Hoover or someplace else? Uh, first of all, everybody loves, I mean, the number of Broadway references is just nuts. So everybody loves going, like being able to stumble out of the hotel onto Broadway and then stumble back into the hotel. So that that is clearly what a bunch of disgusting media people do every single night. <laughs> uh, I was pretty happy that I drove back to my neighborhood and slept in my own bed for every one of those nights. <laughs> um, but 
I think the the event itself is more about how it's laid out, and it's it was it's it is laid out better in Nashville at this particular venue than it has been in Atlanta and Hoover, which is and tell it's people ever been. tell people where you are. Uh, it's the Grand Hyatt downtown, which is the first time I've been in this hotel. It's very nice, um, but the the bridge is under construction, so like everyone was freaking out. Uh, but inside the the actual setup, like where Radio Row is and where the main ballroom is and the electronic room and then the SEC network set and then the the ability to set up your cameras and shoot interviews and stuff and get audio and do the job. It's great. It was a great setup. It was way better than Atlanta and the college hall of fame and way better than the confine, the, the co- very cozy confines of the, uh, the tiny little Hoover, you know, hotel slash mall. <laughs> it's the, it's the best executed event um, that I've been at. And I've been coming for almost 20 years. Uh, I will say this. I'm not sure I've eaten an sec media days meal in five or six years really no i refuse i will on go purpose s- in fact at, we're mm. taping this at 252 p.m central time on thursday i have not eaten a drop of food not one <laughs> bite of food and i will wait and i'm going to swing by jasper's on the way home <laughs> good I, good man I, I will not eat the food I, i've gone to eat after the event both nights well elsewhere. well you're well you're on fumes let's get you out of here uh is there anything is there anything after a week of SEC media days that you would recommend besides either whiskey or sleep? I don't know. Those are two pretty good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take so I, I thir- Wednesday afternoon I got home at like seven o'clock and I went for the slowest longest walk with my dog. <laughs> it just makes me sound like such an old man, but I got home Wednesday at like seven o'clock and I was like, the dog hasn't been out in two days. Not actually, he's been out, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right, right. He hasn't been holding it. He has No, 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 exactly. <laughs> but I can tell he just needed some. He needed some fresh air, like me, because you're just in. You're indoors, literally. Now, as it turned out, the, the pouring rain and terrible weather actually was good that that happened while we were in in the hotel. But I, I, I probably took what should have been like a 12 minute walk. Normally, it took me like an hour on Wednesday night. I just took my sweet time, let the dog smell everything he wanted to. It was it was great. Um. And and appreciate Scott Ramsey and his time there. A lot of insight into how the college football playoff is going to go. The fact that we are probably going to get a national championship game here. How they bid on those processes, I think, is really interesting. So if you're thinking about Super Bowl Final Four national championship game, start thinking about 2027, 2029, like probably 29, 30, and 31 in there. That three to five year window. That's going to be when we probably have a chance to get one or two, if not all three of those events. They like the national championship game likes to go to stadiums that are new. And so if the Titans are in 2027, I could see them giving us the national championship game in 28 to see how we do. And assuming we do great, then the Super Bowl next, right? Because the Super Bowl would be the, the big one after that. So I don't think it's too far off. If the stadium's ready to go in 27, I would say that we are pretty close to college football, national championship, Super Bowl, and Final Four, which is the whole point of subsidizing a two billion dollar stadium steve i was gonna say i mean <laughs> if it's gonna if it's gonna be there you might as well host it if we're gonna if we're gonna spend that money <laughs> and we, we are, are we are pregnant with the new stadium boys <laughs> <laughs> the baby's coming might as, well build, um, might as well build the crib fantastic uh one quick recommendation for you uh I, this is a this is a consistent recommendation uh go to nationalbetter.com if you are, are interested in election news at all uh, we are all election all the time through August 3rd, and uh, there's been a lot of stuff on there. Sign up, uh, give us your email, 
uh, we will happily be in your inbox every morning with council. some uh, some dose of some dose of election news. Yeah, council member text messages. Ooh, ooh. Text, text messages. <laughs> um, no, I, here's what we should do at the end of each show, though. I I should promote nationalbanner.com and all the great election coverage that I read directly in my inbox. And, and I should and I should, should promote Pod Bless Nashville, which has had some just fabulous interviews, including uh, I mean I've I've listened to the Freddie uh, interview, I've listened to the Matt Wilshire interview. Um, We've got Jeff Yarbrough yeah. coming very very soon. On Yarbrough Monday. is going to be up on the feed soon, yep. and then I think you have Heidi Campbell and Sharon Hurt coming up after that, getting them yep. in uh, kind of yep. up here under the wire. And uh, the state of the council uh, came out on Thursday, so go check that Tanaka, out. Tanika Vercher, so. uh, uh, underrated uh, underrated council member. Uh, I like Tanika a lot. Uh, she's she's yep. she's she's good. Through, there you through, go. Through, Threw a couple of bombs in there. Yes, she it was. Did. Uh, yes, she did. It was very fun. It was. Uh, <laughs> if you're, uh, if that's your, if that's your cup of tea, you definitely need to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nashville Banner and uh, Pod Bless Nashville and all the other great shows across the 440 Sports Network. Tons of SEC coverage. Football show. Titans camp is next week, folks. It's here. College football is here. That's, it's going to be great, man. Titans football is here. The whole deal. So uh, we got a Preds pod up this week with myself and Adam Bingen. So go check out the Gold Standard Club and Country. Those boys still rolling along covering Nashville SC. So lots of great stuff across the network. We do appreciate your support. Um, rate, review, subscribe, and support local. That's how something, you do it. This this is not sports related. This is not 440 related. But something that you were wrapping prob- up. I know, I know, I know. I'm getting in your way here. Uh, something you were probably unaware of, but that you need to make yourself aware of now that you're out of the bubble. You've probably had your head down in that media days all week. Raylan Gibbons is back. Okay. I'll go look up what that means. <laughs> you don't know what that means? You're not I'm a Justified to... fan? No. I, I've not. Se- I've oh, seen a few Jesus episodes. Christ. I've seen a few episodes. Um, all right. Oh, my God. I've, listen, leave me we're, alone. We're ending this now. Leave Stop. Me, leave me alone. Stop. Every single player. This is a product days, of the 440 Sports Network. Every single he's, player. He's brave, media days he's was asked all. I'm Steve if, Cavendish. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is, this is, yeah. We're stopping it now. Have a great weekend. Bye.